Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Peace and greetings. Presenting the Network of Awareness podcast radio station. Providing in-depth information on society and culture in America and abroad. Bringing you truth messages of inspiration, keen insight, reputable interviews, and so much more. So now, for the truth you've been waiting for, your host of the Network of Awareness podcast. Aura! Aura! The informationalist. 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 Peace and greetings, people. This is Aura the Informationalist coming to you live. And this is the Network of Awareness. And I'm glad that you have chosen to listen to this radio slash podcast show that is categorized under society and culture. And where we go in-depth about the harsh realities in depth on the harsh realities here in America and also abroad sometimes but primarily here in America and uh, the beat that you hear in the background that's called the forthcoming still working on it as far as arrangement but I figured I'd play it in the background just so you can get a little taste of it you know what I mean but today's title of the show today is uh, What's So Great About America? Really, what's so great about America, people? And a couple of things I want to mention. Um, I know I said I was going to do a live show about um, where do we go from here, which this is kind of a continuation to it, but I'll do an official part two of where do we go from here. The only reason I didn't do it, people, is because for some reason, I got to say, you know, I, I mentioned before, if you guys listen to my show, that I don't get sick, but I do suffer from allergies, primarily from, you know, cat dog dander or hay fever, pollen, stuff like that, grass. And the pollen on the grass uh, this coming spring, I guess, is pretty lethal. Because if you remember my last show, I said I had to sneeze and I kind of did, but didn't kind of held it in. 
but the whole weekend I was just like, I guess, flustered and overwhelmed with allergies. And that's why I didn't do any shows because I'm like, I'm blowing my nose every five minutes. I'm sneezing every two minutes. So I said, I'm not going to be, it's not going to be good to do a live or pre-recorded show because uh, I just was sneezing way too much. So I took my Zyrtec, you know, but it didn't really help. And uh, I just had to weather out this, the, the storm, so to speak. You know what I mean? Weather out the storm of uh, allergy and pollen. Because the pollen is uh, it's pretty thick this year out here in Florida. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. And I'm back. <laughs> And I'm glad that I took a little break over the weekend. I got to work on some things and I got to do some investigating people. And I think that I could have been a victim of fraud. And like a friend of mine said, fraud seems to be big business now since COVID has really uh, crippled uh, the economy that was already crippled. It just made it far worse for a lot of people here in America. And I think that fraud is big business now. And that situation I told you guys about where they try to take my car and deem it as a total loss, which is insane. There's no way in hell that my car is a total loss. Literally requires uh, about $4,000 worth of damages, if not less. So I'm gonna do some investigating people. And I'm going to kind of go try to dig down to the root of where this all came from. Because either there's a possibility that USAA or people involved with USAA are, are involved in this scam. Or maybe it's people outside of USA with the salvage company or maybe both. I don't know, but I'm going to find out. Because something definitely is rotten in Denmark. <laughs> It smells bad. Something stinks here. And I want to get to the bottom of it. Not just because I'm fucking pissed off that they almost stole my car. But also because here at the Network of Awareness, is all about, it's all about bringing about awareness. So I definitely want to expose these people because I'm not the only person this has happened to. There's been other people where they've been successful. And my friend Steph told me that they did the same thing to her. And they acted like they gave her no other option but that. And they took a car. And she said two weeks later, her car was being driven by somebody else. Which means they fixed the fifteen dollars or $1,800 worth of damages real quick. And then resold the car. And made a shitload of profit. And then deemed the car a total loss. This is big business, I think, here in Florida. I think it's been going on for quite some time. Because she said that this happened before COVID. But I think now with COVID, um, you're going to see a lot more fraud now uh, because we live in a country of greed and people, whenever they're desperate, they just do whatever. There's no consciousness in their desperation when it comes to fucking over people. That's just the reality of things here. And I, I talk about it a lot. This country is built on deception. This country is demonic. Country's always been demonic, people. And I know a lot of people don't want to believe that, but it is. It's always been a demonic uh, 
Luciferian country because it was built off of death, rape, torture, and manipulation. And those are all very much satanic things that, you know, are <laughs> the satanic things that are run by, you know, Satan, Lucifer, the evil forces, the dark forces. This is what it is, people. And there's really no way to get around it. And that's why I ask the question, what is so great about America? I'm going to show a quick interview a little bit later with um, uh, Harry Belafonte. I almost forgot his name again. Harry Belafonte, as you know, was an entertainer. He did some very... Uh, revolutionary things in regards to entertainment when it comes to the so-called black man and how he conducted himself in entertainment and in art on screen and he definitely paved the way for some people but he's part of that luciferian agenda when you join hollywood and the things that you have to keep secret and be involved in and i just want to show a brief clip of him being interviewed about um dr martin luther king where he talks about him and how they met and like i mentioned before people is that there's nothing new under the sun this whole thing with having celebrities and sports uh athletes mixed in with politicians and be on one accord it's old this is old tactics Martin Luther king was doing it with harry belafonte and what Harry Belafonte did was open that door to Martin Luther King, which he already had connections to, and just brought in the horizons. And that's where you saw a lot of actors join Harry Belafonte. And then, of course, join Martin Luther King in, you know, keeping the nonviolence, supporting nonviolence supporting to be active in your community uh, government. And as I'm speaking about this, I was just watching earlier a brief, you know, I didn't even watch all of it. I watched probably like the first 15 minutes about bringing the house down and the shows uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or what do they call it, AOC? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, you know, and, and let me tell you, the sister's a beautiful Puerto Rican sister, you know, and I'm pretty sure she has great intentions, but she doesn't really know the demon that she's dealing with or the demons. See, on the outside, it looks all, you know, pretty and you got all these nerdy people talking about government and politics and how we can influence this and we can influence that. And it all looks real. And, and in their minds and, and in their efforts, they feel like they are doing something for a good cause or they, they really have intentions on reforming American government and, you know, being part of the Democratic Party or Republican Party and doing this and doing that. And it all sounds great. And I've been there and done that. And I didn't even do it too long because I saw the bullshit. And it's like, once you... Once you have spiritual eyes, once you have a spiritual foundation of who and what you are, you, you start to see that the shit show runs thick. And this whole thing with American politics is a big WWF show. I mentioned this before, where you have the WWF and they're all friends. But in front of the cameras, they are, you know, they're arch enemies. 
And that's how politics is run. And I think that if she doesn't know by now, she's going to soon find out. And I'm talking about AOC is that, honey, you, you're dealing with demons. You're dealing with people that worship Satan and follow his command. And your, your input, as good as it may be, you're trying to reform a demonic system that doesn't require any reform. It requires to be destroyed completely. And if you haven't realized, you're not part of the Constitution, considering your, your ethnic background. And it just boggles my mind that you have these people in politics and running for different um, progressional offices and running for senator positions. And it's like, do they have they not done their research or they just like to believe the bullshit? And I really don't care because it's just like they're going to find out. If she hasn't found, if AOC hasn't found out already, she will. She will find out the, the very people that she considers her constituents are not who she really thinks there is. Okay? And in order to stay within that system and move up in ranks, you have to be and do as wicked as they do. Because how in the hell are they going to trust you if you're not as wicked as them, right? And there's a black dude... An older gentleman that spoke some knowledge at one of their little gatherings where he says nobody owns you yet you don't owe anybody favors yet you know what i mean and he was that was true because guess what when you're in those circles you're gonna owe favors somebody's gonna do something for you and you're gonna owe them back you know you're gonna it's like jail it's like the moment you let your guard down and you let somebody like what Walter was saying the other day where there was a scheme where a guy would walk past you with uh, with a radio and then he drops the radio next thing you know he's like yo you owe me for that radio but meanwhile that radio was already broken and now he's got you now he's got you in debt and that debt can trickle down into a lot of debt and more debt and it's a forever debt you know and you're stuck Next thing you know, you're sucking dick or you're getting, you know, your butt plugged in. And I'm talking about in prison, right? It, and it can happen that quick. Because you're in a demonic realm that is run off of, if I can even say, if there is a such thing of demonic principles. <laughs> I don't know if there is such a thing, but think about it in, the, in, 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 in these principalities, right, that they operate off of a certain system, just like in jail. It's no different in politics, okay? When they, if so, if listen, if somebody like AOC or anybody else learns of something and they want to expose it, they'll wind up, you know, saying that they committed suicide. Meanwhile, their death was highly, you know, conducted in an organized manner to make it look as so. These people are very powerful and very sinister. And their sinister, powerful, their, their powerful, sinister ways have really no limit when it comes to Satan, right? And I, they show it to you in Hollywood. That's why when I was watching this Netflix special on Bring the House Down or something like that, I just, I don't see how in, in, in 2021, you still have these people from the Bronx and from Manhattan, Queens, Brooklyn, these Hispanic and black people 
that's where they're going to change government. And it's like, do you not know that this is demonic system that you really can't really influence at all unless you're influencing it to support it, not to go against it? Because the moment you go against it, they're going to they're going to bring you down. You know, your arms are too short to box with Satan. And I think a lot of these people like AOC don't know that. And I, and listen, I for all I know, she could be a very righteous, positive woman. You know, from what I'm looking at, it looks like, you know, they just picked her out. She was a waitress or something like that. So I, this is my message to her. You're, 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 you're going to be climbing up hill only to find out that the level of resistance is far too great for your comprehension. And so far, I think she's just a pawn because she supports a lot of what these demonic people support, like the transgenderism, the LBT. She's in support of all this. So because she's in support of all that. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. She's a prime candidate. And it's only a matter of time where they're going to, they're going to, they're going to get her. And what I mean by get her is either she's going to be with them or she's not. And looking at, I don't know, there's just looking at the way things are going. It looks like they have more use for her than they don't. And it seems like there's this battle between her and Ted Cruz and who knows how real that is and how it isn't. But it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, people, these people are wicked. The ones that are the ones that make the most important decisions and have the most influence of power, they're definitely down with, they're down with the wickedness. And then those under them, may not be at the level that they're at, but they know what they do and they keep their mouth shut in order to keep what they have. And a lot of that is the American way. A lot of that happens on a very small scale, right? And, I, and I, you know, I'm introducing the show like this because I'm going to talk about a lot of things about what makes America so great. I really want to ask that question because now that we have the internet, right, and we've had it for quite some time, all the internet is doing is exposing this country for what it is. Imagine if the internet existed in the 50s, in the 60s, in the 40s, all the atrocities you would hear of. You think things are bad now, which they are, but shit, 
they were a hundred times worse back in the days. It was no holds bars because there was no internet. There was no camera phones. You know how many people have been killed by the police that we will never know of, that we will never hear about? It's too many to count. It's, it's probably in the hundreds of thousands, if not millions by now. You know how many people the Ku Klux Klan got away with killing and nobody knows about it? We'll never find out about it. Oh, it's too many. All the statistics that they give you. Let me, let me just give you a, 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 an idea of what I mean by how this country lies and just lies and lies and lies and it lies upon lies. This country is a compulsive liar, if you ask me. But here's some numbers that I heard of or I, that I gathered recently when it comes to the V, right? Or to uh, the CV. So there's been adverse cases. Of, this, is, <laughs> this is according to our government, okay? This is according to the CDC. This is according to our health, our health gurus here in, here in America, like Dr. Fauci and all that. So this is the current statistics that are, are being spoken of. I wrote it down. So there's only been 9,000. Uh, no, I'm sorry. 92,455 out of 9,5 million. So that's what they're saying, cases, adverse cases. And out of those cases, only 835 have been hospitalized. And out of that, 132 died. So what they're basically saying is that in the big scope of things, not that many people have died considering how many people took the V. And this is what they're selling to you. And a lot of you dummies are believing it. You're believing that there's nothing that's going to happen to you because it's only a few people, right? Now, <laughs> the most high, I told you, the most high puts people in my path to... I guess to to have an understanding of whatever it is that I'm doing with the network of awareness, I can introduce more information. I came across a lady today who said that her best friend's mother took the took the first shot, okay? And I think it was the Moderna. And three days later has been in a coma and has still to this day, I think it's been like about two or three weeks now, this, this lady, this elderly lady is still in a coma after taking the vaccine. And what's crazy, this is the crazy thing about it, is that she, the lady that told me this already took the first one. And she's a little sketchy about taking the second one, but she's still going to do it. Even though she knows that her best friend's mom is in a coma. And, you know, I'm at the point now where it's like, I don't like saying certain things to people because I don't want to seem like I'm coming off very aggressive and coming off as a, 
you know, this paranoid conspiracy theorist to them or trying to tell them what is or what isn't. All I said was, I'm not taking it. That's all I said. Because, I mean, we live in a society where people are very feeble spiritually. And I'm not saying that like I'm trying to put myself on a a, a pedestal because I've, I have struggles just like anybody else. And I think that, you know, I've just built up a, 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 a certain level of resilience that I think I've always had in me and then it's just gotten stronger. But I don't ever use that as a way to think that I'm better than people. But it is sad when you can't see other people being that resilient where they have none. They just go with the flow. And it's like, you know, you can only do but so much. I, I just decided to do this live show because I want to ask the listeners, what is so great about America? Now, one thing I could tell you is this, is that I have great experiences here. I was uh, Sunday morning. There's a trail by my house that has ravine which is, it runs water, uh, you know, to these lakes or whatever. And this is a path that I always take my dog on to, to walk on, right? To give him his walk and get him his exercise, let him run and all that stuff, right? And something very spiritual in, in, in my perception happened that was just so wonderful. It almost brought a tear to my eye. Like it was just so spiritually exhilarating. And we were walking under this big tree that provides a lot of shade. And as soon as we got under the tree, all the birds started echoing like their sounds. But it was one after the other, like in, oh my God, it was in perfect harmony. And I felt like I had this overwhelming feeling like the birds were greeting me and my dog. I know it sounds weird, people, but I felt it and it felt real as fuck because this is not the first time that I have these experiences on these trails with animals. I've had experience with squirrels and with the cranes that come through and all types of shit, man, just like weird stuff. But this one was just so like, it was undeniable for me because one, it was like one bird would whistle something and then the next bird would whistle their sound. It was like different tribes of different species of birds greeting me. And as soon as we passed the tree, they all stopped in silence. And I just whistled back to them, but they stopped. And that's when I was just like, whoa. Because I could understand if that was happening as I was walking there and I just walked into a, you know, all these birds chirping like that. But it wasn't that type of situation. I walked into it. Then they started. And when I walked out, they stopped. And I just got to tell you people, man, it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing to have a connection to the Most High because the Most High is in everything, right? The Most High is in the birds and the, in the turtles that I, that I visit every, uh, every morning. There's a little family of turtles uh, by my uh, nature path. And these are just 
all things I'm grateful for. And what I'm going to start doing, people, is I'm going to actually start taking pictures of these animals that I've kind of uh, built a relationship with unknowingly because there's a bluebird that comes to my window, specifically my window in my house where I sleep. And he's a blue jay and he comes all the time. I have a squirrel that comes to the window too. And it's not like I'm feeding them or I got water or birdhouse or nuts. But, you know, I don't got none of that shit. But it, it's just, uh, I think it's just a spiritual thing. I think that animals can see your aura. And if you have a very, I guess, positive aura, or if you, you have a good nature to your spirit, um, I truly believe that the animals can sense that. And... I'm going to take pictures, people. I'm going to show you through live pictures, right? And then I'll post them up on the uh, artwork so you can see what I'm talking about. Because it's, it's just a wonderful thing. For me, I've, you know, growing up in New York City, I didn't get a chance to really experience nature until my mother decided to put me in Boy Scouts. And I think a lot of the decisions that my mom made wasn't so much to give me a, you know, I guess a, a more enlightened childhood, I guess. I think her decision-making was more for me to stay out of trouble. I don't think it was for the purpose of anything else. I think she just felt like, you know, if I do this, he won't do that. If I do this, he won't do that, you know? But I still wound up doing that anyway. But with all that being said, what's so great about America, about the United States of America? I want to know. Because the more you see going on in this world from the rapes of men and women in the military, from the homelessness here in America, from the jacked up real estate. Do you, like They're talking about how real estate is like at an all-time high right now. Like they're, they're literally selling houses in under 24 hours, people. How's that possible? How's that possible when we were just talking about how millions of people don't have jobs and the economy is in such a bad state? How is it that people are just buying houses left and right? Doesn't that sound kind of funny to you? Do you remember the last time people were buying houses left and right? I know y'all do. Because the 2008 recession came right after that. And that's when they were talking about there's going to be anarchy in the streets if we don't, you know, supply these corporations with funding and, and give them their stimulus packages. And that's exactly what the Federal Reserve did, right? They paid out all this money to big time corporations like Fannie Mae and all that bullshit. So here we are again. We're, we're in this uh, real estate surge where people who even want to buy houses can't because other bidders are outbidding them so quickly. And people in real estate are feeling themselves right now. I'm going to tell you right now. People in real estate, their fucking penises are hard and their vaginas are wet. All right? They are feeling themselves right now. But I'm going to let you real estate people know that I guess enjoy it while you can because it's all going to come crashing down. That's how it works here. And whenever you see a big surge in real estate like that, that means that something doesn't smell, something smells rotten in Denmark. And it's only a matter of time when the shit show will reveal itself. And it's going to come sooner than later. 
especially with the CV and all that just going on with that. So if I was you, I'd be very careful about mortgaging a, ho a home right now because I know it's going to seem really nice, but I would hold off on that. Just like you want to hold off on seeing what's going to happen with the, with the V, I would hold off on buying a house right now. But hey, if you don't want to listen, then don't listen. It is what it is. But how in the hell is there a, a real estate surge at this time and place? <laughs> like, it makes no sense, but yet it's happening. And then I took a trip to Gainesville, uh, Florida today, and I saw a bunch of tents of homeless people. And I, the first thing that came to mind, I said to myself, I said, you know what? Florida can possibly be the next California in a, in, in a very short period of time. And I thought about it like this. If real estate keeps getting inflated in, in, in how they go about rating, and you start to have these uh, homes going for, let's say, two to $3,000 a month, what happened in California is going to happen here. And the reason why there's so much homelessness in California is not just because of, of gentrification and all that, which is happening here in Florida as well, little by little. But it's also a warm state, you know, like the weather's pretty nice in California in certain places. So you can live there all year round and sleeping in a tent is not going to be that uh, horrible because they're not, you know, depending on where you live, you, you're not having a harsh winter. It's the same thing with Florida. You know, like there's a lot of places here in Florida where you, you can be homeless all year round because of the weather. And it's just something that crossed my mind. I said, wait a second. I said, Florida could be the next, you know, skid row like California. Don't think it can't happen here. Because I'm telling you, it is fucked up. Florida, even though it's a flourishing state, you know, is there more, there's more than meets the eye. And it just makes me ask that same question. What is so great about... Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. America, when you have this homelessness, like I mentioned, the rapes and deaths in the military that are being kept secret because they are their own government. They're their own police force. You know, they have their own sanctions and, and laws that they go by that's outside of uh, American law. 
you also have obviously racism, right? But according to uh, Senator Tim Scott, there doesn't exist anymore here, which that's a that's a big joke. Can't even can't even I can't even take this man seriously when he makes comments like that. It's like, what's the point in even giving that attention? It's just it's buffoonery. You also have this big push for the V. You also have um, immunity for police officers. And this immunity to police officers have this qualified immunity, man. They need to do away with it. But people, this is what I'm, why I'm asking this question, because there is nothing great about this place. And there never has been. The only thing that's great about this place is the people that live here. For some of us. Some of us are, are ordained. Some of us have bloodlines that are holy, that are sacred, that are living on this land. Believe it. And that's the only reason why this shit hasn't burnt up to the, you know, to a crisp. It's because those same bloodlines of people are still here. That's the only reason, people. And I know a lot of you are going to be like, yeah, whatever. But it's true. Because for the most part, a major part of society, if not a, a, a good 75% of the American society is so fucking fucked up that there's really no saving it. It's going to self-destruct. And that's something that Harry Belafonte said, that America is going to self-destruct. And that is very accurate. Which I'll let you guys hear that brief interview with him. But this country is so good at deception. And I, I, I can't help but to think that people that think that politics is real, it's like, it's not. It's like, you got to stop thinking that voting makes a difference. Because your votes don't put people in office. The government puts who they want in office and they have many ways of going about it. And if the election with George Bush Jr. and Al Gore wasn't a great depiction of that, I don't know what is. See, that's what woke me up. Because I remember I joined the uh, young Republican or the young Hispanic Republicans for a brief time. It was a short visit. But I was interested. I was trying to see if I can... Uh, Dip my toes in politics back when I was very young. And we're talking like 20, you know what I mean? 19, 20, 21, when I was that age. I didn't have my daughter until I was 25. But I got to see real quick that it was all bullshit, man. Like I just wasn't impressed whatsoever. Even the guy who introduced me to it, he was full of shit too. And that's just, a, you know, something for me that just I never could conform to being that full of shit person. I just never could conform to that ever in any circle that I was interested in being a part of. Not that I was one to join groups like that because I just wasn't. If that's the case, I would have been in Nieta when I was 15 years old. But I bring it up because it, it it's like... When that election happened, right? If you remember, Al Gore won by, oh man, he won by hundreds and hundreds of thousands of votes. It was a landslide. 
But George Bush Sr. was just like, nah, we're good. You know, like basically saying, he's got this. And I'm like, no, he don't. I'm saying to myself, how the fuck does he got it? But it's like, he knew something I didn't, right? He's a 33rd degree fucking ump degree mason of skull and bones. He's one of the uppity up, up there's, you know what I mean? Direct connection to Satan types of people. So whatever he knew was real. And me, I was just sheeple, not knowing what the fuck was going on. And then lo and behold, what happened? George Bush Jr. became president, right? Through the electoral votes. And that's when I said, the electoral votes? What the fuck is that? I didn't even know what electoral vote was at that time. And I thought that I knew about political science. I didn't know shit. But what I did know was that presidents are selected, not elected. I found that out right then and there. And that's when I started really digging into research into a lot of things when it comes to Freemasonry and how things really work in this country and how there's this big charade to make you think that you have choice, but the choice has already been made for you. You're just guided into believing that it was. It's just crazy, man. It's such a shit show. You know what I mean? Like, I can't express it any more than that. And if you really believe that your vote matters, it's like, let me ask you this. How can your vote matter when under the Constitution, you're not even acknowledged? I'll wait. I'll ask you one more time. How can your vote matter? And I'm specifically talking to the black and brown people of this country. Okay. How does your vote matter? If you're not even qualified as a human being under the Constitution of the United States, under the Declaration of Independence, you have nothing. You are not in that document. So how can your vote matter? How can your vote count if it doesn't count because you're not even a, you're not even a citizen of flesh and bone? You are not. See, when you start talking like this to people who really believe in government, it's like when you start breaking down to Christians that Jesus Cristo is not even his fucking name and that there was no J during those times, the letter J didn't even exist, they get extremely upset. Extremely upset. What? Jesus, his name is Jesus Christ. And I don't got time to entertain that. It's like, okay, if you want to call him Jesus Christ, I ain't stopping you. I'm just saying that that's not his real name. And that picture that's depicted of him is not him. Doesn't even remotely look close to that. That looks like a homosexual man, if you ask me. And he was. His name was Caesar Bourgeois. <laughs> And he had a love affair with uh, Leonardo da Vinci. They were butt buddies. But see, if you don't do your research, you're not going to know these things, right? And if you're not really seeking them out, it's like, why am I going to force my, my knowledge on you if you're not seeking that knowledge? I could give two fucks. That was a saving grace for me that the Most High passed on to me to say, hey, give this information and give it with a, a free heart. Like, it is what it is. If somebody is against it, let them be because there's going to be a lot of people against it, but that's not of your concern. That comes with the work. It's inevitable. 
you can't you can't do this type of work and not get that type of backlash it just it, it comes with it but that's why there's the few that are built to be resilient to fight through that to the very end and it's only a very few not not much and i ask again what is so great about america really what I think the only thing that's great about America is the people who live here. And it's only some of us that have that greatness gene, so to speak. That gene of doing something of substance that matters, that's meaningful. There's a lot of people that are not going to make it here. I'm sorry to tell y'all that. Because there's a lot of people in this country that ain't about shit but themselves and they're about money. There's a lot of people that they worship Satan subconsciously. They may not be, you know, Satan worshipers and saying hail Satan and all this other bullshit. They, yeah, they're not doing that. But a lot of them are living a lie. And because they're living a lie and they're so um, invested in money and everything they think about evolves around money. Um, yeah. They're serving that, that evil force, whether they like to believe it or not. And there was a time where my spirit was very weak. And I had this demon that would come visit me and like try to push my whole entire body through the bed. So that whole sleep paralysis thing, that I, I experienced that shit like, I think it was two times. It was two times. The third time though, that shit didn't go down the way that demon thought it was going to happen. And that demon never came back. It went through the wall and just never came back as far as I know. But it was, it, that shit happened to me. And I remember at that time I was very spiritually weak. I was involved in things that I'd never thought I'd be involved in. Um, as far as like drugs and just my whole attitude towards life and money and not having, you know, I was really, I wouldn't say I turned my back on the most high deliberately, but when I look back on it now, I definitely turned my back on the most high without even knowing it, without even knowing it. But the most high did not forsake me, but he made sure that I went through some shit to let me know that the battle is real. So, I'm very grateful for that. And it was around the time, people, now that I remember, it was around the time where this is how stupid I was. I was working for Snapple and I met a guy who was a, 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 a devoted Satanist. And out of curiosity, he showed me the Satanic Bible. And I was like, cool, yo, let me, let me read that. I want to learn about it. And he's like, you sure? And I was like, yeah. He was like, all right, here you go. And I started reading that fucking Bible, man. I say the, the satanic Bible. I started reading it. And that's when the demon came to me, man. And that motherfucker, whatever, whoever or whatever it was, it was literally trying to push my whole entire body through the damn bed. And I tried to fight it. And it was like for 30 seconds, but that 30 seconds felt like an eternity for me. 
And then the same thing happened to me when I moved to Yonkers. This was in upstate New York in a place called New Windsor. And then I moved from New Windsor and I, I, I had a roommate that my cousin hooked me up with because he moved out of the, the house that he was living in and said if I wanted to take his place. And his roommate was cool. So I was like, yeah, you know, I want to be closer to the city for work and all that. And it worked out for me, but that demon followed me over there, man. And it tried to do the same thing. And then the third time it tried to do that same thing to me is when I broke free from it. And that's when I had that spiritual fortitude, so to speak, to fight against it. And then it went through the freaking wall. I saw the footprints on my bed, the indentations of it running to the wall, and it just disappeared. But the shit was real, man. And I couldn't see nothing on top of me, but it was on me. See, I couldn't see it because it was in that other dimensional field that the five senses can't go beyond. And I wasn't obviously using my sixth sense, but I felt the, 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 the shit on top of me. And I pushed it off of me and it came off of me and ran. And I can see the footprints in my bed of it running into the wall, like in my cushion, you know, of the, of the uh, blanket. I could see the indentations, but I didn't see anything there, but I saw the footprint. It was pretty freaky, man. But that shit never came back, man. And, and knowing what I know now, I don't see why it would come back because he'd be in for a world of problems. Because I know that I'm guarded. I know that I am because when my dog comes sometimes into my room, he be staring at whatever's like behind me or beside me. And he's, he's just looking, but it's not like he's looking in fear or he's not like snarling or barking. He just looks like in awe, you know what I'm saying? Like who the fuck is this? <laughs> so I'm like, it can't be a demonic spirit. You know what I'm saying? It'd be impossible. You know, anything is possible. Right. But, I just don't see how my dog wouldn't get somewhat concerned or, you know, or want to bark and, and sense that danger because I feel like whatever that entity is, it's not a malevolent one. You know, I'm not saying it's an angel. I'm just saying that there's been a presence with me since I was a little kid. And Considering all the life and death experiences I've been through, I, I truly believe that now. I can't question it no more. It is what it is. Who that presence is or who they are, if it's more than one, I'm not going to go to a psychic to try to find out because the last time I tried to do that, that didn't work out. The most high blocked that shit so fucking quick. And that's another reason why my... Spiritual awareness is at where it's at now because of these different experiences that I went through. But when it's all said and done, when I move out of this body, I'm pretty sure I'm going to know who was there watching over me if that's what they're doing. But whoever that is that the most high, I'm very grateful for them. And I'm getting goosebumps as I say that. My hairs are standing up. Oh, wow. Oof. All right. Enough about that. What's so great about America, people? We're going to take a break. And um, I'm going to go into some, some clips and we're going to... 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chum- Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk about some current events, right? And uh, we'll get back into what's so great about America. And um, if you guys are listening live and you want to Hit me up on the chat room. The chat room is open. And if you want to hit me up on there, you can. No, actually, the chat room is not open because I'm not using the. Uh... But you can send me an email at aura at networkofawareness.com. So you guys can always do that. But the, the chat room is not up only because I'm not using the uh, Spreaker Studio app today. I'm using my external tools. But either way. I would love to know what's so great about America because if you can answer that question, if you have some input as to what you think is so great about America, email me at aura at networkofawareness.com and I will love to read your response about what's so great about America because I'm still trying to figure that out, people, and I haven't come up with one answer that's a positive one because I don't think there's anything that's fucking great about this shitty-ass country. Okay, this shitty ass country that's always been lying to us and keeping the veil right over our faces. So we're going to take a break and uh, I let you guys hear the forthcoming a little bit. Right. And I want to play Resurrected Rage again because I was really feeling that. And we're going to play a couple of other beats. So. This is the Network of Awareness, and you are listening to Aura, the Informationalist.
It's one of my favorites, people. Don't fuck with y'all's children, because you will get that ass beat. Here we go.
What a great intermission, people. This is Aura the Informationalist, and you are now listening to the Network of Awareness. People, I'm working on different types of uh, zaps and introductions to my name and show. So that way, whenever we have intermissions, I could just play that zap and just start talking right after the zap and intro come in. So that's something I'm working on. I'm being very uh, picky. I mean, I could put it out now, but I'm just being very picky because I'm like that anyway. That's one of the reasons why I don't currently have a girlfriend because I'm very picky. But I've always been like that. And one of the reasons why I want to be picky about my zap and the zingers that I put in here for the radio intermissions is because I want a zap that's original, that's mine, that when people hear that shit, they're going to be like, oh, that's Aura the Informationalist, and that's Network of Awareness. I need that because what's the point? I don't like sounding like everybody else. The Most High gave me a unique voice and gave me the spirit to be a unique one like all of us have. So I want something different. I don't like to copycat people, you know? I just don't like doing that. So I just wanted to make an announcement on that. So that way, when we have these intermissions, I don't just come back in with my voice, but you can hear a zap or a zinger. So something I was thinking about during the intermission that I wanted to mention when it comes to facing principalities, you know, demonic spirits. And it just brought a memory back where I hate saying it, but it's true. Uh, when I first moved here, I, you know, my daughter moved here like not even a week or two after I came here. And that was part of the reason why I came here because I knew I was getting custody of my daughter. So I figured, let me get here and then my daughter come down and she did. She came down um, not even a, a week or two after I got here. And something interesting happened when we got uh, a condo. I got a two-bedroom condo for my daughter and I to live in. And um, I remember the first day of school, my daughter's first day of school. And she, you know, she had left to go walk, walk her to school or whatever. And there was a couple of times, I never forget, where every time she would leave her room and she step out, that fucking door, her door would slam shut. And I remember one time my brother came by and took her to school. By the way, the school was literally like not even three minutes walking, if that. It was literally almost, I was almost damn near across the street from it. So walking to school for her was a hop, skip, and a jump. But that's not here nor there. The reason I bring it up when we talk about demonic spirits is because, unfortunately, I feel like something followed my daughter from New Jersey over to Florida because, number one, her spirit was tainted, right? She came with the intentions on bringing nothing but chaos, and she, uh, she did that successfully. I mean, I got to give it to the little girl. She brought nothing but chaos to me and my family. And I remember my sister telling me, I think that her mother allowed you to have her here so that she could bring chaos to your life. And 
at first I didn't believe my sister until later on I started believing. I was like, yo, I think, I think she's fucking onto something because there's just certain things that this little girl would do that just was so like shit you see in the fucking movies, you know, with these children that are like demonically possessed or something, you know, I'm not saying that my daughter was demonically possessed, but damn, sometimes I wonder because I just never forget one time when my brother picked her up and went to walk her to school and that fucking door to her room slammed so hard. And I'm like, there's no fucking wind. You know what I mean? There's no pocket of air that's going to slam the door. That's shut, you know? Because sometimes when you have air conditioners, there can be a pocket of air and it closes certain doors. That happens. But it was like somebody literally pushed the door and slammed it shut. And that's when I was like, oh, shit, you know? And it just hit me. I'm like, there's a fucking demon in this house. And it was letting me know that it's not feeling me because the moment I walked towards her room, and I wasn't even walking towards her room, it's just that her bathroom was there and I was walking towards the bathroom. And that fucking door slammed so hard, man. It scared the shit out of me, I ain't gonna lie. Like, I was just like, whoa. But then I was just like, you know, I said a quick prayer and I left and I just was like, damn, yo, you know, in my mind, I'm like, now I got to fucking deal with whatever's in that room, you know, like that's going to be one of my battles. And whatever that thing was or whatever spiritual entity that was, I don't know what the fuck it was, but it definitely was with my daughter and it made sure I stayed with her. And uh, once I got my daughter out the house, that energy was not there anymore. It left. And what I mean when I sent my daughter back to New Jersey, because when my daughter was in certain programs that I put her in where she had to stay over, um, that's, that fucking energy was still there. It wasn't until she went to New Jersey where I completely was free of whatever demonic force was allowed to be in my house. Now, this is the tricky part, is that it would only stay in her room. It wouldn't come out anywhere else. Maybe it came out to the living room. I don't know, but I know that shit would not come to my room. But the fact that it was in my household, I said to myself, you know, is it that my spirit is weak, that it's allowed to even be here in my household? Or is it that my daughter's spirit is weak? I didn't know, you know? And I even tried to seek counsel at the time from a pastor who never came. <laughs> I told him to come bless the house. He never came. And I was just like, you know, it is what it is. Maybe there's a good reason why that didn't happen. But though that situation in itself brought me closer and closer to the most high. in a way that I couldn't even imagine. And I'm still working to wanting to get even closer to the most high in the sense of fulfilling the will of the most high of what I'm meant to fulfill and what my purpose is. And all I could say is that with all those experiences, this was like five years ago with that spiritual entity, whatever the fuck it was, um, I'm glad it's gone. And, you know, it's probably still with my daughter for all we know. You know, because all that stuff that my daughter's gone through, I can only imagine. And I know after seeing her mom that 
there's got to be demons in that household. And it's got to be a lot, considering what I saw. And all I could do is pray to the to Yahweh Elohim, the Most High, and His Son Yahweh Ben Yahweh, and and say, you know, Heavenly Father, um, to please keep my daughter safe, and you know, open up her heart and mind and her spirit to You, and and let her see the light, and and, and try to get her to to walk towards it as much as possible. That's all I could do can't do anything else because it's really not my battle you know it's her battle and uh the only thing i could do is just be a guiding uh, a guiding light to let her know that hey when you do realize what has really been going on in your life you know you always have a safe haven here but she has to be free of 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 that treachery of that of that um of those demons. Because them, them demons ain't welcome. They're not welcome here. I could tell you that right now. Um, they would get striked down fast as fuck. They wouldn't want to come around here, especially nowadays. Not with what we got going on over here. They have no business. I, I don't think they would even st- try to step foot over here. I'm not saying that I'm this holy role. I'm just, I just know what it is right now. And I tell you people, the network of awareness wouldn't exist if I wasn't in that better realm of, of righteous light of the most high of the heavenly father of the alpha and the omega, that which is, and always is, and is always in everything. I'm talking about Yahweh, the most omnipresent force that you can only begin to understand. That's what I'm talking about. And I'm going to preach that to my last breath. Okay, I'm going to speak it, I'm going to know it, and I'm going to live it to the best way I possibly can. And all I can say to all of the listeners, all the network of awareness, keep your head up, keep your faith strong, man, because we're being tested every day. We're being tested. Now, we're not only being tested by the evil forces, but we're being tested by the most high, too, to see if our faith is really what we say it is. You know, it's like like anybody where they're like, oh, you about that life. We're going to really see if you're about that life. We're going to see how real you you say you are. And if you pass a test, then you pass a test. But I'm constantly getting tested. I mean, this shit that happened with my car almost being stolen legally. <laughs> Fuck, I'm like, shit, man. I know. I know the evil forces that work. Because you know that would have that would have put me in a in a real negative place. I, I would have fucking lost my my shit. But thankfully, making the right decision with choosing the right people to deal with when that situation came to be, it got stopped in its tracks pretty quickly. Because I was dealing with righteous people. I'm gonna say that again. That situation went very smoothly because I was dealing with righteous people, okay? If I would have chose to deal with any Tom, Dick, or Harry out here in Florida, all right? And and let's say I would have went with the insurance company with who they told me to go to, right? Because they had like three options for me. Then they said, but you can choose who you want. 
if you feel more comfortable with that. I said, yeah, I got a mechanic. You know what I'm saying? That I can bring the car to and, and a body shop. So they said, okay. And the reason I chose this mechanic is because I trust them. I've been doing business with this man for over a year now. So I feel very comfortable going to him because I know he's going to do right by me. Because he always does. So if I would have chose the people that they were going with, that car would have been gone. And I would have been getting into fights and arguments and all types of shit. So I use that as an example, people, because be very diligent and be very cautious and be very prudent in who you go about choosing to deal with in any function of life. It could be anywhere from who you, who you decide to make your food when you're ordering food out, you know, which restaurants and people you decide to deal with, from who you decide to deal with your vehicle, who you decide to get a haircut from, because I know it's hard to find a barber or a hairstylist, a hairstylist for women and a barber for men. Somebody who's going to do a good job and, you know, not charge your norm in the leg and, and be available when you need them to be. Um, that's hard to find these days, you know. It's hard to find a good a good barber. But I'm just using that as an example and to choose the people you deal with very carefully these days. And if you're if you you know if you're smart, try to deal with people that are righteous, that are like minds, that are of a kindred spirit, that have a goodness to them that is very recognizable. And what I mean by that is it's a spiritual thing. It's something that's recognizable within you where you get that good vibe from them. And my mechanic is that type of person that I get a good vibe from because he's always trying to look out. And he's not trying to ask for anything in return when he does it. Because those are the people you got to be careful with the most. The ones that do shit for you and then expect something in return. Or they'll be like, yo, remember when I did this for you? Like, come on, man. You know, those types of people. You got to be very cautious with them. I cut off a lot of people like that that were in my life that I didn't even realize. But the topic of the show, people, what's so great about America? I ask this and I've asked this so many times. And, you know, and you get your, you get your fucking lame brains. They'd be like, oh, this is the land of liberty. We're not a third world country. And there's people that are starving and hungry and it's like, yeah, yeah, you're soon to be like that, too, here in America. Because <laughs> there's people starving and hungry in America, too. You may not be one of them for now, but best believe there are people starving and hungry in America, just like they are in Africa or anywhere else for that matter. Because there is a silent war that's been going on in this country since its inception. And it's become more silent um, through the generations. because what Satan has done is he's, tr he's figured out a lot of ways to keep people deaf, dumb, and blind from the enslavement and torture that goes on here. And it's the enslavement of the mind, right? And the torture is the torture of the mind. It's the torture of the mundane. It's the torture of the repetitiveness of the rat race of people not realizing it until they're well into their 70s or 60s, and then they retire and die. 
And then they're like, I worked all of this for nothing because now I'm all fucking sick and decrepit. How many people you know that made a shitload of money, right? I, I, I've met a lot of them in uh, Florida because uh, there's a lot of old people here that are retired and they made a shitload of money. You'd be surprised the people you come across and you'd be surprised how much money they have. But a lot of them are nursing homes or a lot of them, um, you know, have their, their children taking care of them or watching over them or, they'll, you know, they have so much money they have like in health aid, but they're all fucked up. They worked so hard and made so much money, but they can't really enjoy it because most of the most of the time is going to doctor's visits for physical therapy, for cancer treatment, and who God knows what else, man. And the reason why I bring this up is because what is so great about America? Please tell me. Because there's countless of white Americans that bust their ass working, right? And they, 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 they work at these corporate offices for 30, 40 years. I was watching the company men the other day, which is a great depiction of that, of white America and how these people have these uh, six-figure salaries. And then they get laid off and everything just slowly starts vanishing from their life, their whole entire lifestyle. Sometimes they're married and they got to move in with their parents, with their kids. And some bounce back and some don't. So what's so great about America? When all America is people, it's a place that's good for entertainment. It's a good horse and pony show. Like if you want a great horse and pony show, there's nothing greater than America. If you want to know what America's about, come to Florida, go to Universal Studios and go to Disney World. Go to California, go to Disneyland. By the way, they just opened Disneyland again and everybody's all excited and the girl's like, there's a little girl, she goes, it's like magic. And it's like, yeah, little girl, it's like magic because that's exactly what it is. And you stick around long enough, somebody's going to want to put their hands down your pants. That's what, the, that's what the whole Disney Corporation... Let me tell you something. The Disney Corporation is one of the biggest um, leaders and funders of pedophilia. All right? That's all they do. Walt Disney, 33rd Degree Mason, okay? A wicked wicked son of a bitch and he was a child molester along with the rest of them everybody that's involved with the Disney Corporation winds up getting molested as a child there's not one of them that doesn't go through some molestation they have documentaries on it okay Britney Spears Justin Timberlake they all have been sodomized and molested every single one of them that's why they fucking freak out and go crazy and then, you know, they, it's, it's like, you know, and anybody will tell you, like, a lot of these so-called celebrities, I hate calling them that because there's nothing to celebrate about these fucking people that sold their souls. But a lot of them come in with great attentions because, you know, when Britney Spears was a little girl, she didn't know what the fuck she was getting into, but her parents did. And then once she became of age, you saw her shave her head and all that. She was trying to break free of something that, she could have, but she didn't have enough willpower or whatever it was to do it. So what did she do instead? She went along with it. And now she's in that. She's, gonna, she's in there for life, just like the rest of them. 
they all worship Satan. They have to. They can't keep what they have without doing that. Because in order to, to, to break away from that, you would have to be relinquished and you would have to let go of everything you know. Because everything you know has been given by Satan. It wasn't the most high that was favoring or blessing you with all these gifts. That was Satan. And they get reminded of that. Don't think that, you know, get reminded of that. They all have handlers too. Every single one of them. Everyone has a handler. And the purpose of the handler is usually these people that you see with them. It's those people that are basically there as a chaperone to keep their spirit in check. To make sure that if they have some type of malfunction or they have some type of uh, a, a brief awakening, the handler's job is to snap them right back into place. And there's sometimes where the handler can't, handler can't do it. And that's when they report them. And then, you know, the, the, the powers that be do what they have to do. And then they usually wind up taking the subject out because they realize that, you know, they broke off. And now this is the, the consequences they have to suffer. They have to pay, you know, they got the, the giant or one of the giant's minions going to pay them a visit. And they're going to take their life. That's why you see a lot of these celebrities, they either OD from alcohol or some type of drug. Something happens where they die. And they always, always make it look like overdose or suicide. That's usually the way they go. You know, sometimes they get a little sloppy, but they'll wind up cleaning it up in the long run. I mean, if you ever watch the show... Ray Donovan, okay? I like that show because that show shows you the guy, Ray. He's like uh, those people that clean up the messes of celebrities from all walks of life. From sports to Hollywood to uh, music. That show is the guy, he shows you. It's just like when Rihanna got her ass whooped in that ritual beating that she took. And they blamed it on um, on Chris Brown. And if you remember that video from TMG or TMZ, right? That's what they're called, TMZ. That's which uh, they're, they're a demonic fucking um, media channel that serves Satan as well. They're, they're part of that fucking demonic world. But if you remember in the TMZ video, there was these guys that had jeans with dress shoes and sports jackets. And they had like, these blazers with the turtlenecks or V-neck T-shirts. And it was two white guys and one of them kept standing in front of the camera so you couldn't see inside the car to see Rihanna's face. Those guys is what Ray Donovan in his show, in that show, Ray Donovan, that's what he represents. He's those guys. And those guys are paid a lot of money to clean up messes or to keep certain things from happening. Or sometimes, like in Ray Donovan, they're hired to, for, you know, to be hitmen and they take subjects out in any way, shape or form. Or they'll, they'll create a scenario where they make it look like something happened the way it didn't, like a suicide, right? And in that show, they show you all the different types of ways that Ray cleans up messes or kills people, you know, for, to clean up the mess of somebody else. Like in one of the episodes I was watching, the guy had sex with his sister. It was a boxer. And the sister comes out on TV and kind of exposes it. 
And then he winds up drowning his sister in a bathtub and they make it look like, you know, like she died by accident. Ray, Ray does. The, 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 the actor in the show, the lead actor. But that's what he does. He's a janitor. He's a cleaner. He's, he basically cleans up fucking messes for people. And he makes sure that whatever skeletons they have in the closet stay in the closet. That shit is real, people. And those dudes that you saw in that video the, of the TMZ video of them showing, trying to show Rihanna in the car. And Chris Brown knew that the ritual was done and he had to answer for it, right? That was going to be um, part of his ritual is being um, shamed in front of the world as a, as a domestic uh, abuser. And of course, he went through with the ritual and a lot of people forgot about that by now. That shit is old news. But this is all a game, people. Whether you want to believe it or not, it's a game. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play a quick excerpt just because this is kind of like uh, a show that I just wanted to do live. I didn't want to make it a long one, but I did want to touch on what I saw with Harry Belafonte where he talks about Dr. King because, you know, they're, they're commemorating Dr. King all over the place right now. And it's, it's very interesting how they always commemorate him. But when it comes to Malcolm X, there's very little, you know, hoopla or whatever. There's very little celebrating Malcolm X. And I think it's because he was one of the real ones. They don't, they're not going to celebrate him. So, excuse me, people. Sorry for yawning in your ears. But let's, hear, let's listen to what Harry Belafonte has to say. All right, so I'm gonna let you guys hear this quick, uh, this quick interview. It's very short, but I think it's uh, a very colorful interview in the sense of what I was talking about when it comes to the relationships that Dr. King had with um, Hollywood in those days. This was the main component, man. Harry Belafonte. No coincidence that he's the one that introduced. Uh, um, what's their names for their award for the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Uh, one of my favorite groups. Agitated after what we thought was a very successful gathering and discussion. Hold on, before he starts talking. Um, yeah, so he's the guy that introduced. Um, damn, what the hell is their name? <laughs> I can't even remember their name right now. There was a, a group, uh, a hip-hop group. Uh, they have Flavor Flay. Damn, I can't remember the damn, you know. Shit. Wow. Had a brain fart. But you know who I'm talking about. Uh, Flavor Flay, uh, Professor X. or not Professor X. Um, damn. I can't. You know what, people? I'm sorry. I'll get back to that. But yeah, Harry Belafonte introduced them for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I just said to myself, these motherfuckers, man. There's no way in hell that, oh, Chuck D. Yeah, I, when I saw Chuck D performing at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I said, oh, they got him. I was like, he's, he's been a part of that shit. 
uh, Professor Griff and all of them. I know Professor Griff tries to portray himself as this righteous fucking black uh, activist, but he's not. He's down with these people. I is listen when you're getting a fucking award amongst witches and warlocks, and you're accepting that award. There ain't no way in fucking hell you're going to tell me that Professor Griff is not in the know, okay? He's not somebody who's against this shit. He just plays that role. That's why he knows Alex Jones and all these people, all right? And it was he was some, a person that I respected until I woke the fuck up and realized what he's really about. And he's no different from a lot of these people. They just play like, they, like they're not because they go to these, you know, community gatherings and all that. But these people are all over, bro. Like, you got to be very careful on who you deal with. I'm telling you right now. Because when I saw Harry Belafonte introducing their, their award, I'm like, oh, man, this is the guy that, you know, was butt buddies with fucking Dr. King. It's all connected, man. That's why you got to be very careful on who you fucking deal with. Because all of these people have their hands in some form of wickedness. And they're keeping their mouths shut. And maybe not all of them are doing performing all the rituals, but they watch, they know of it, they, they're in it. They're in one shape, way, or form. They are lying to you. So be very careful on who you believe because Professor Griff and his ties to Alex Jones and all these other people, man, it's, it's not coincidental. And just like you're going to hear Harry Belafonte speaking, I mean, it wasn't coincidental that he had a relationship with Dr. King and introduced the whole Hollywood world with Dr. King's agenda, which was not even Dr. King's agenda. It was the agenda to keep black people down and deaf, dumb, and blind and confused and to keep them as sheeple. And Dr. King did a great job along with Harry Belafonte and all his minions in Hollywood. And where are we today? Where are we today, people? And he said to me, I said, what's the, what's the matter, Martin? You seem very agitated. He said, well, I am. Because I've come upon a thought. But I don't know how to deal with it at this moment. I said, well, what is it? He said, we fought long for integration. It looks like we're going to get it. I think we get the laws. He says, but I'm afraid that I've come upon something I don't know quite what to do with. I'm afraid that we're integrating into a burning house. And when we asked for further clarification, Andy Young was with me at that time, my wife, others. <laughs> he said, America's lost whatever little moral vision it had. You hear this bullshit? I fear we, I've let him into a burn. He knew where he was leading people to. Okay, people don't believe the fucking hype. That whole thing about he believes he let his people into a burning building. That's because he knew that the tables were turning on him. He knew that he had people like Jesse Jackson that weren't really for him. And he knew there was something conspiring behind the scenes against him because he knew he was expendable after he saw John F. Kennedy pass and he saw how they killed John F. Kennedy. So he's like, shit, if they could kill the president, I know they can get me. So it was only a matter of time. And that's when he had this like enlightening moment because he knew that his days were numbered. Okay. But he already knew that he was leading people into a burning building. Don't think that this is something that just crossed his mind when it was too late. It was purposely done. And this Joker, you know, 
don't get it twisted. He did some great things in entertainment back in the days, but he's no different, man. These people keep the lie going. They keep the lie going so they could keep whatever little uh, um, wealth they attained in their heyday. Okay? This moral sense has, has run away from the nation. And a nation that is not governed by morality and moral principles is a nation that's headed for an abyss. And I think black people have been struggling to get into this system, maybe getting into a system that in the final analysis is a Sodom and Gomorrah, will not work. Because it's selfish goals, it's need for profit, it's need for supremacy. You see, everything he's saying is true. We are living in a Sodom and Gomorrah. And to want to conform to a Sodom and Gomorrah type of society, you got to be a wicked person. It has no room for any type of other person but a wicked individual. This need to be the best has clouded its moral vision. And with no moral vision, no nation can be healthy enough to lead its people anywhere except to, to, to destruction. And finally, as we mark the 50th anniversary of Martin Luther King's assassination, special correspondent Charlene hunter Galt sat down with one of King's closest friends, artist and activist Harry Belafonte, in his home. Charlene began by asking Belafonte how he first met Dr. King some 65 years ago. He was coming to New York to speak to the religious community, the ecumenical community, at the Abyssinia Baptist Church. And as a young black artist on the rise, uh, I began to make a bit of a noise on my own terms. Uh, I began to violate uh, the, uh, uh, the codes of uh, racial separation. Uh, I understood the evils of racism and rebelled for my youth. He was 24, I was 26, mm. and uh, I listened to him. And I was just absolutely struck with uh, the way in which he presented his case to the black religious community, condemning them for being uh, not more engaged in the social destiny of black people. Really? Yeah. He, uh, that must have gone over big. It went over very big. <laughs> Got me. <laughs> that was very big. Uh, what, what do you remember the most about him? His intellect. I didn't quite understand how a man just 24 years old, already with a PhD uh, from the university, and uh, here we go throwing uh, throwing out degrees and shit. Listen, people, there was one time where I would have said that's very impressive, but understanding things for what I understand them for now, it's not impressive. All it means is that he was indoctrinated at a very young age, and. They're going to mention his father, okay? Now, when you do the research, <laughs> his father was a latent homosexual, okay? His father was also somebody who was a preacher and who, who, who discussed, you know, the black movement and everything, but he was also a homosexual. One of the reasons why he was named after Martin Luther, right? from the, I believe, the 15 or 1300s, Martin Luther was somebody who kind of had his own uh, interpretation of what he thought Christianity should be like. And he was also a homosexual that was very um, outspoken in 
in how uh, the scripture should be interpreted, right? It's all, this all is connected. But if you don't do the research, you won't really understand it for what it is. And I think I'm going to have a special episode so I can go deep into the research so you can understand how Martin Luther King even came to be and how that wasn't, and why he was given that name. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, the rabbit hole goes so fucking deep, people. And people like this guy, Harry Belafonte, I keep saying it, and I'll say it again. He is no different than your Jay-Z's and your Puff Daddies, okay? He was the... Uh, what can I say? Let's just say he was the, the Denzel Washington of the, the 1950s or 60s, right? In the early 60s or late 50s. He was the Denzel Washington. All right. So moving along, let's hear let's 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 let this uh this celebrity finish speaking. <laughs> uh, uh, seem to have put together this view of, of black life in a way that was most contentious and most rebellious against the system. And when he said he wanted to meet with me, I said, Yeah, I would love to meet you. Both of us are sitting in the basement of the Abyssinia Baptist Church. He sat at the table after he'd spoken to the uh, religious leaders, and uh, that was the beginning of our relationship. What he said would take about 20 minutes, took almost four hours. Oh, my. What made him such a special person, you think? Divine intervention, because I think that the, the course that he set for himself became most antagonistic to many members of the black church, his father included. Uh, Daddy King didn't like making all this uh, trouble with white folks. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, Martin, knowing that that would uh, be somewhat uh, challenging to his father, stepped in there anyway. He said, I've got to do this. He was very concerned that uh, in, in choosing him to be the leader of the movement, that he might be leading people into harm's way. Uh, he said, I'm not, I'm not cut out for this. I don't know what to do. See, they say he feared that he might lead people into harm's way. Well, people, when you look back at the history, what did he do? Did he lead black people into harm's way? Now, if I was to ask that question, I would say without a shadow of a doubt, he did. He got a lot of black people to get their ass whooped without doing a goddamn thing about it. How the fuck can you respect that, man? How many people got their fucking ass whooped or got killed or got crippled for life because they decided to roll with him in March and not do anything when they got attacked? How many people got rabies or severe scars from dog bites because they decided to not flinch or pull back. They just decided to turn the other cheek and say, we shall overcome while they get in their ass beat. 
This is the big lie, people. This is that big non-violence fucking lie that was perpetrated. Oh, man. Boy, was it perpetrated to be so fucking real and so powerful. It's like, it, let's just say that we all decided to turn the other cheek against our oppressors. Where would we be? Where would we be if there were no warriors, man? To fight the battles. Where would we be in this spiritual warfare? Where would we be, people, if everybody decided to turn the cheek? Do you really believe that the most high is uh, uh, someone who decides to turn the other cheek all the time? Do you really think that the most high operates like that? Even when you read scriptures, it's impossible. If you read scriptures to to make it seem like the most high was, you know, like the heavenly father's son, Yahweh ben Yahweh, was not a man who turned the other cheek, man. That shit is full of birds, man. Like the most high son and the most high, they 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 are they are about war, man. You come against, you come against them, yeah, you're gonna get some fucking wrath, man. Like it's gonna be real. I hate the, the depiction of, of how Christians depict the Heavenly Father's Son like if he's some fucking pussy or something. Like, come on, man. It doesn't make any sense, but when you look at the treachery behind this country, you can see why people think that because there's been such a far-gone process that has... It's a very meticulous process in manipulating people to believe something that never even existed. And what Martin Luther King did is he did lead people into a burning building. So you can't, you're not going to convince me that that's something he feared and then it just happened accidentally. And then he realized, oh my God, what has happened? What did I do? Fuck me. Get out of here, man. But let's continue. So he had his doubts. Grave doubts uh, as to his qualifications. Hmm. He was willing to be patient. He was willing to take on the responsibility, because he had a vision, eventually, for what he thought he might be able to achieve. Uh, he was, wasn't too sure about it. He was very much in conflict with what that might lead to. And he also had a family at that time. Did he have conflicts there about yes. being away from them so yes. much? He did not understand how daunting all of this would have become. You know, I was just looking at a picture with him and Coretta Scott King that they showed. And you can tell by the way Coretta Scott King looks at him that it's like she knew about his homosexual activity. Just by the way she looks at him. You know, like this man, I don't understand, like, how they've been able to keep in mainstream media. Well, I do understand, but it's interesting because the CIA documents prove that he had, you know, homosexual encounters. But yet, in the mainstream media, and I guess to keep the hypocrisy alive and to keep the lie alive, they won't, they won't expose it in mainstream media, ever. Well, I shouldn't say ever, because you never know in the future what can happen. But for right now, they're not going to expose that Dr. King was a pansexual, all right? And, and this man was too. All these people in Hollywood, they all fuck each other, okay? Whether it be male or female, they're all fucking each other. They all go to these fucking mansions 
and they have these orgies, okay, these group orgies. And you've heard countless stories from entertainers talking about this shit, right? So it's not a lie, but a lot of people in this country, they're, they're stuck in that matrix, right? It's like the guy in the matrix that he goes, I know the steak that I'm eating is not real, but ignorance is bliss. And you have a lot of American society that operates like that. Even when they know the truth, they rather deal with the lie because it's so much better and easier to deal with. Come. He saw it really as something to which there would be a commitment for a year or two to straighten out this thing on riding on the bus and segregation laws and that that could be uh, dealt with in, in, in short order if there was enough power behind his leadership. But when he got into it, it turned out to be much more than that because once he got into the idea of ending segregation, he then had to talk about poverty. He then had to talk about how... They show him talking to Johnson and it's like, how did you know he to this day, he is the only black man that's been able to have those types of conferences with uh with presidents to this present day. Not even Jesse Jackson has had been able to have those types of one-on-ones. But this man yet was able to have a one-on-one with Kennedy and with Johnson. Come on, man. Come on, people, wake up, wake up. I, I just can't stress it enough. Wake the fuck up. When's the last time you seen a black man have that type of one-on-one conversation with the president? Never. But yet he was. He was an asset. Keep telling y'all people, he was an asset and he was a great one because of that intellect that he had. He was able to, to capture the minds of so many black men and women and children to be able to sit down and say, we shall overcome and take their fucking ass whippings every fucking day. In the South, Dr. King went down and established a relationship with the garbage workers, but then found out that uh, their plight was part of a much bigger canvas and that uh, he had to take on the plight of all poor people. Black or white. Or black or white. Or any color. All caught up in the, mm -hmm. in the, in the unjust economic system. Now, in his To the Mountaintop speech, which of course was his last. And I've seen the promised land. He spoke then, that was 1968, of how the nation was sick. He said, trouble in the land, confusion all around. And yet he remained hopeful because he said at that time, only when it is dark enough can you see the stars. What, what enabled him to stay hopeful? And you too. His moral, his moral sense of justice. He just really felt that what he was doing was morally correct. What do you think he would be working on today? Well, if Dr. King had lived, there would be no today as we know it. His impact on universal order his impact on the globe, his impact on the world had taken on such a humongous power that uh, he was shaping human history. Because he said we are all wrapped in a single garment of destiny. Exactly, that there's no way out of this. Uh, you all can do what you want to do, but I'm gonna have to wrestle with the fact that there, there ain't nothing you can do but deal with it. Okay, so what do you think it will take today to make his dream of the beloved community 
reality. Until white America uh, regains or even decides to identify a moral course of, of history, I don't think anything is going to happen. I think America will self-destruct. But the civil rights movement was black and white together. Yeah. That's not in the case anymore? That's the case, but it's not the fact. The case is that we have to fix it. The fact is that uh, uh, it's not fixable if white folks don't decide to change their course of conduct. The only thing left for black people to do is to burn it down. We've been lynched, we've been murdered, and if you look around, uh, never before in my 91 years of history as an American have I ever seen the nation more racially divisive than it is at this very moment. There's truth to that, but I'm going to tell you right now, the only thing that's left for black people is not to burn America down because it's not black people's responsibility to burn America down. The very people who will burn America down are the very people who benefited from it since its inception. It's going to be the very people's offspring that's going to burn this bitch down. That's why a lot of people say, oh, there's going to be a race war, maybe. But the reality is this civil war is going to be started and finished by the Caucasian man by the Anglo-Saxon American who came here and brought that wrath and destruction to this land. They are going to be, it's going to be the very people who burn it to the ground. Best believe it. It's the very virus that sprouted up from this that is going to kill it itself. Okay? Do not believe this bullshit. This is the propaganda that motherfuckers like this like to preach and drop that fucking seed in your ear saying, oh, the only thing that's left for black people is to burn this bitch down. No, the only thing that's left for black people is to get the fuck out of here because they were never meant to be here for this country in the first place. They were here before this country came to be, but now there's no business for them to be here because this is a fucking satanic place. This is a cursed place. It's a mirror curse. All right? It's done. It's been done. So don't believe the bullshit where it's like, oh, the only thing left... For no. only thing left is for the righteous black people, the righteous men and women that live on this land called America to get the fuck off this land called America. Because there's no business for us to be here in the first place. It's over and done with. And the very people that are going to burn into the ground are the people that... <laughs> there's the very fucking people that it's been supporting since its inception. That's what's going to burn into the ground. And this is a very demonic place, people. And I can't help but to think that he's talking about Dr. King. You know, to me, Dr. King was a great actor. And I, I can see it now because he was very good at hiding his homosexuality to most of the world. And most people that play both sides, because I remember my friend Carlos used to do that, where he was a homosexual, but he played off like he was a straight guy while he was in high school. And he gave me like a whole breakdown of what he would do to create that image. And he did it very well. It was like acting. It was like acting, like you were playing a character. And everybody was believing your performance every single day. And I think about Dr. King 
and how he was a latent homosexual. He was a pansexual behind the scenes, but he was such a great actor. And then, of course, surrounding himself around other great actors like Carrie Belafonte, you know, you become good at keeping a lie alive and keeping a lie secret. And I think that he did a great job at not revealing to most, because there's some people that knew, okay? There were some people that knew and threatened him in certain ways. And that's why he always used to bend for certain things because people were going to expose him. And then he'll be like, all right, he'll back off or whatever. So I look at Dr. King as a great actor and he's somebody that put um, black people back a long way because there's no way in hell that you could tell these millennials to turn the other cheek when some, you know, white person is trying to punch them in the face or hit them with something. And I'm, and I, that's one thing I commend these millennials for is because like no way in hell you should be turning the other fucking cheek. If they come to punch you on the cheek, you make sure that you cut them or you punch them right back. This is not a time to be turning no fucking, there was never a time to turn the other cheek people. But it's that very mentality. He was like, oh, if Dr. King was still alive, we wouldn't have the society. No, Dr. King is very much alive. Even though he's dead, his principles of nonviolence and turning the other cheek and forgiving your fucking enemies all the time is very much alive because little black girls are getting raped. Little black boys are getting fucking shot. And then the fucking parents or the grandparents always want to forgive the fucking person who raped their child or or killed their child. It's like, what? But that's good old Dr. King for you. You know, that's how much his seed has been implanted in the subconscious minds of black America. It's fucking disgusting if you ask me. But people, I hope you enjoyed this live show. I'm going to cut it off here because I don't want to get too deep into this because I want when I talk about Dr. King and, and um, Daniel Watts again and, and Stokely Carmichael, and I want to talk about the Black Panthers on uh, where do we go from here, part two. And um, it also be a continuation to what we were talking about, about old propaganda tactics. And since I didn't get to finish it with Walter, I'm going to try to get Walter to come back tomorrow. If not, I will do it on my own as far as um, the continuation to that particular show. So this is like a a, 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 a prelog or whatever to the continuation of where do we go from here. So I hope that you enjoy the show. And uh, I always like doing these live shows. And I decided to do it late at night just because I had so much going on. So I do apologize over the weekend. I mean, get much done as far as production just because the you know my uh, allergies were just pfft, off the chain off the chain man but uh we have a lot of content for this week so stay tuned because I'm going to be doing more live shows this week and I'll have a couple of pre-records that I that I unleash and um <clears throat> I'll start putting together the work for the uh subscriptions through Apple and through my Patreon account so that's uh, next up. So I'm making sure I put together a nice package for a subscription. So that way you guys get more than your money's worth, okay? So this is Aura, the informationalist, signing out from the Network of Awareness. And if you haven't joined the Network of Awareness, please subscribe. 
to aura at networkofawareness.com. And if you listen to me on Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google, Spotify, uh, Deezer, I mean, shit, the list goes on and on. Amazon. You can check me out on any of those platforms and please follow me on any of those platforms. So that way you can get updated information on shows and uh, put me down as one of your favorites, people, if you haven't already. This is all the informationalist signing out from the Network of Awareness, people. This concludes the Network of Awareness podcast. For more information on the Network of Awareness, please subscribe via email to our website, networkofawareness.com, and follow us on Spreaker.com or any other listening apps you use. For any questions about the NOA, email us at aura at networkofawareness.com. Thank you for listening to one of the fastest growing podcast shows on society and culture in America and abroad. When you live in the present, there's always an opportunity for a new beginning. Peace and blessings. Peace and blessings. Peace and blessings.